I gotta do the weird test in the beginning because there's no green room for YouTube. That'd be really nice if they had. All right, today we're gonna talk about a bunch of different things that are going on. It's amazing how one story, this coronavirus, can have so many different sub-stories to talk about. Why are we getting all of those COVID-19 business emails? Why are we getting those coronavirus emails? Well, we're gonna talk about that today. We're also gonna talk about the Bugatti Veyron and why that is such a great illustration, symbol, whatever you want to call it, of the issues that you deal with when scaling a business. It's really great. I was watching Jay Leno's Garage, and I was just thinking, man, the same things you go through in the engineering of that car are the kinds of ways that you need to think about scaling your business. So that's going to be good. We're going to talk about that. We're also talking about how Walmart's killing it in the e-grocery business. They're killing it and why they are able to take advantage of the increase in online shopping in ways that Amazon isn't even able to do yet. We're also going to talk about the Carnival Cruise story that, man, it really made me just love the American spirit. It reminds me of the days past when everyone just came together to overcome a huge problem. And I hope that you are also encouraged by the story and just what we're doing as a country. It is actually really amazing to see us all come together on this for at least most of us. In a time that was so disunit, there was not a unity. It was, um, what do you call it? We were divided. We were divisive. We were at each other's throats. We were more divided than ever. And it just kind of seems like this is bringing a lot of us together. Not all of us, but a lot of us together. And it's a, it's a really good thing. And then also, I want to make a case why stock buybacks are not evil. Why they that we shouldn't be against them happening? Well, obviously, just like any stock purchase, there is a gamble, and a lot of people who bought their stock back really got hurt with this latest stock decline. But in and of themselves, stock purchases aren't evil, like everyone's making it out to be. And I want to make a case for that. So we got a lot to get into. Let's get into it. This is the fight. La no, this is well, it is the fight. Laugh fees network. You can go over to flfnetwork.com, put in HDBT, which is the show how to build a tent. You'll get that mug, $100 off our conference. It's coming up in one, uh, October 1st through 3rd. Get tons of other benefits as well. It's a really great opportunity for support us as a network, our shows, and our content. And you get a lot of great benefits. Don't miss out. You can email me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com. Find me on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. You can watch me on YouTube and comment. I have my other computer up. So if you have any questions, comments, feedback, you can get back to me on that or real time in the show, and then I can comment and I can respond to you. So if you want to join me, I try to do it 7 to 8 o'clock Eastern time. But today, because I've reformed Jellicle at 8.30 p.m. Eastern with AD Robles, I had to do this a little earlier than normal. So let's get into it so I can uh, prepare for my other podcasts as well. Why are we getting so many COVID-19 emails? Business emails are like Oracle, Amazon, SurveyMonkey, DoorDash, all of these places are emailing us and telling us that they're really getting prepared and they're really taking this seriously and they value customers, they value their employees. And you just got to be thinking by now, I don't care what you do, Microsoft. I don't see you day to day. Why are you sending me an email telling me you're being cautious, you're taking all the precautions, you're taking this seriously? Why are you doing that? It's not so that they could just make you at ease and put your mind at ease so that you don't have to worry about them anymore. They're not doing that. They're bringing their brand to the top of your mind by giving you this email. So not only are they 
reinforcing their brand, saying they're responsible, they care, they're empathetic, they relate to the situation, they're here, they're part of the team, they're part of the struggle to overcome this. But you can be like thinking, hmm, oh yeah, I did need to get that Oracle product. Or, oh, oh yeah, I was going to add that feature on Salesforce. And you're on top of mind. It can help convert sales. So when you're reading these emails and wondering why you're getting so many, every single company, some companies you haven't even used in years, but they just have your email still. Why are they emailing you? Well, it's because they want to be at the top of mind, at top of mind of you. And so that you will think about becoming a customer again. And that's why you have these emails. That's why they're doing it. I guarantee it. Carnival Cruise called up the CEO, I believe, called up Trump and offered cruise ships to be able to help in whatever was needed. Now, I don't know if the cruise industry is one of the hardest or the hardest hit, but it is definitely one of the hardest hit. And for a company to offer this ship up for help or ships up a fleet, however many for hospitals, he was, I guess Trump was saying that one, he offered one ship that was actually perfect for hospital rooms and things like that, because that's one of the fears, right? We're going to run out of hospital rooms. And for just the American spirit, the generosity, the giving evil business, right? Carnival Cruise, a big business. They're evil. They're greedy. They're all for themselves. To donate in this time where they are struggling, to give a ship, to pay for it, to be given up to another dock. It's really expensive to drive these things around and then have to clean them and get them ready for a uh, uh, actual cruise back when everything's back to normal like it was it's a really big sacrifice and they did it on their own trump didn't call them they called trump and it just reminded me of the times when you heard stories about america rallying together to overcome impossible obstacles and i hope that we hear these stories in this time of adversity, this time of bad, negative news that where we can be struggling, where we need help, when, to remind ourselves that we have this heritage, we have this legacy as Americans to come together and overcome these things. And that just like, I was really pumped on America today from that story. And I thought it was really great. It's also a reminder that big businesses aren't all evil. Yes, there are evil people in big business. There are people that are sinners. We're all sinners. And people do bad things. Big businesses will do bad things at times. But there are also great businesses that have men that are willing to help, that are leading organizations to give back. And it's not just like a COVID-19 email, but a really tangible, sacrificial thing. In an industry that is already taking a big hit, they're giving and hopefully that will inspire us to do the same. All right, I wanna, I'll go into the Walmart story, the stock buybacks in the Bugatti Veyron. We'll get to that next. But first, I need to tell you about Kingsman Grooming Pros. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com and get their products. They got beard products. Oh, man, I love how my beard feels, how soft it is. I love how it's like doing what I want it to do. I have their aftershave, pre-shave, all that stuff. And it's just been really helping with my neck. It makes my skin feel smooth. I smell great, and I just really love it. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com and get their products. Get 10% off when you put HTBT in the checkout code in the window, checkout window. 
and you'll get great quality products, support a Christian company, and treat yourself to phenomenal quality products. Get soft, smooth skin, smell great, and don't let your beard get all funky on you. Tame that thing with Kingsman Grooming products. So go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Don't forget to put HGBT in the checkout. I was watching Jay Leno's Garage, which I rarely do, but I should more because I love, I actually like Jay Leno and I love his cars. <laughs> I love cars. And for those of you who, who are not car buffs, you may have never even heard of the Bugatti Veyron. The Bugatti Veyron is the fastest car in the world. I think they were saying in this that they, the car can go 268 miles an hour. 268 miles an hour. And I think it is zero to 100 in like four seconds or 3.8 seconds or something ridiculous. It has like, I think it is 1400 horsepower or something like that. But, and it, but it costs $3 million. <laughs> they have their own special made tires. They have their own special made oil. You have to configure everything. Like the amount of technology that goes into this car is amazing. And I was thinking about this because their, their previous model was going like 250 miles an hour top end, 253, I think it was. And this one got to 268. And they were talking about this and they were going through all of the things that had to change to just get an extra 15 miles an hour. And I was thinking, man, that is just like business. You see, when you start off with, let's just say a bike, a bicycle, ride faster than others, but it's easy to get a bicycle to go faster. You can throw on a lawnmower engine to go faster. You can throw on a lawnmower engine. You could throw on a go-kart scooter, electric motor. And it doesn't really require that much ingenuity. You don't have to change that many other things on the bike. You could basically throw the engine on, make sure that it you know attaches to the wheel where it can power the wheel. And you're good to go. And you're probably going to go faster than the fastest motor, you know, bicyclist. Or at least you're going to be able to sustain speeds from longer time than um, someone who rides a bike. Not that hard to do. Probably anyone could figure it out. And then you have cars. Well, cars are pretty simple. They're a lot more complicated than bicycles. You can have a four-cylinder engine. Just throw an engine in there. And have it go like a Honda Civic, very basic. You could put a turbo on a Honda, but you then you're going to have to add some more things. You might have to add a blow off valve, an exhaust, but you wouldn't have to really change that much more. And as you go on and on and get a faster and faster car, there's more things that you need to do. You need to lower the car, you need a new intake system, you need a new exhaust system. You need to have aerodynamics on the car. You may need to remove weight. The faster you go, the more you have to customize. Like on this Bugatti Veyron, to just get an extra 13 miles an hour, they had to find several new ways to bring air into the system. And I mean, they had to put new intakes on the frame of the car they had to redesign the car when they want it when you want it to go at its fastest you actually have to use another key 
And when you use another key, the car lowers and a whole bunch of other things have to happen just to get that top end speed. You have to have a different kind of gas. You have to have a different kind of oil. You have to have a different kind of tires. And it took an incredible feat of ingenuity to just get an extra 13 miles per hour. Now, if you go back down to the Civics, the Mustangs, people in their garage are doing things to their car where they can get an extra 100 horsepower, 150 horsepower and go, you know, shave an extra couple seconds off their time, maybe even go 20, 40, 50 miles an hour, and they could figure it out on their own. But the higher you get, the more it costs in trade-offs, in designing, in trying to have to get all the other pieces of the car to work together for this goal of getting faster. And you know, what does that have to do with scaling your business? What well, has everything to do with scaling your business? If speed is production, the car is designed to produce speed and get you from A to B at the fastest possible pace. A business is designed to do an output, a product or a service. And when you're a startup, you could just throw that engine on the bicycle. You can just add that marketing email list. You can just add the website. You could probably do it all on your own. But then when you start growing and you have to that Honda Civic kind of hiring people, you're going to need experts. You're going to need advice. You're going to have to start thinking of things more than let's just throw an engine on this bicycle. You got to think about gas. You got to think about brakes, lights, regulations, all of these different things to get to that Honda Civic level. And that's when you start hiring a team. That's when you start doing things where you have to delegate and outsource. And really costs start coming in on a, in addition to just bringing in orders. And when you get all the way up to the Bugatti Veyron level, that requires departments of people where your marketing, your accounting, your finance, your legal has to be in sync in the most efficient ways possible, where you need individuals that are masters experts. You need teams working on the air infiltra infiltration infiltration system, the system, intake system, infiltration system. I mean, I guess that kind of works, but the intake system. You need someone who is an expert in a team that works on the engine. You need an expert in a team that works on the fiberglass. You need a team, an expert that knows about the tires. And any change you make has to go through these departments to make sure that not only it's not throwing something else off, but that it is going to be continuing that synergy of working together. And that is business. From the smallest business, it's easy to get those sales. You work at it, you hustle, you do those things, and you can get sales usually if you have a good product. But when you get bigger, it's harder and harder to get sales. It costs more and more. It, it requires more to scale the, the farther, the larger you grow. And that should be a reminder to us of needing to delegate, needing to, get, to understand where we are in the phase of our business and know when we are capable of managing that car or that business at that stage. Because sometimes you're going to have to back down. Sometimes you're going to have to let somebody else take the real and drive to continue the metaphor. 
All right, so I hope that made sense. I just thought that was a perfect picture of it. I'd highly recommend go checking out that video. It is really fascinating to see just mar a modern marvel, a car going 268 miles an hour. It's absolutely insane. Walmart is crushing it on the online grocery sales game. They are responsible for one third of all online grocery sales this year because of the from the coronavirus increase. 58% of those people have done it for the first time that have done an online order of groceries for the first time, 58%. And that's huge. When you can get somebody to do something for the first time, a majority of them are going to stick with it. It's the hardest thing is to get people to try it once. And then they get comfortable with it. They understand it. It's a little easier and a little easier and a little easier. And it's so that's why there's so many promotions for trying things for the first time on a platform or trying this product for the first time, get it free or whatever. Because once you get them off that first hump, then it's easier to convert them over and over again. And 58% of the first time, that's pretty impressive. But why were they able to take advantage of it? Amazon and Target were far behind them because Walmart has been working at this for five years, working hard at developing this e-grocery business. They bought Jet. They were dealing with cultural issues. They were dealing with strategy issues. They've been working really hard at aligning themselves for this time. Now, they didn't know this virus was going to happen. They didn't know this demand shift on the demand curve was going to shift. And so many more people were going to need this. And But it paid off because they were working hard for it. And that's why I bring this up. When you work hard and you're diligent and you are persevering and you're you're giving it your all, you're not giving up, you're constantly innovating, you're looking for different ways to get your 13 extra miles per hour. When you do that, it things are going to fall into place eventually in most cases. Just like this. They didn't plan the spike in sales, but because they've been working at it so much, it just fit perfectly. And this is a story that happens over and over again. And we need to remember it, that working hard pays off. Not growing weary while doing good pays off. And I want you to remember that lesson. So be a Walmart. Be somebody who is constantly innovating, constantly working, trying to improve, trying to tinker, trying to get yourself in a position of competitive advantage. And one day, one of these things is going to happen where you're going to be able to take advantage and capitalize and be in a good position. It might not be as dramatic as this, but it will be a great opportunity to capitalize. And lastly, stock market purchases, or I mean, sorry, stock buybacks you know, of the company buying their own stock. This is typically done when a company believes that their stock is underpriced and it's going to perform better, the stock price is gonna perform better in the future. And so when you have this cash, that one of the ways that you can use it, you can give dividends, you can invest in capital, you can give your employees raises, or you can buy stock in your company because you believe it's going to um, further appreciate. And if your stock does go up, that's a good bet because then you could sell or you can issue more stock and you would have done it and made money. Just like someone who had bought a stock and the stock would have gone up, you could sell it and you'd make money. But like in this case, where you bought stock at $60 a share and now it's worth $30 a share, well, you just lost 50% of the stock buyback that you bought back. Happens the same, the consequences are the same for businesses. 
Now, I still don't fully understand why this is being demonized. But one of the things that business people, investors get critical about businesses for doing this is why didn't you spend that money on a project that would return a bigger ROI? Why didn't you invest in capital and product development and new channels, new marketing um, segments or new countries, new markets? Why didn't you do those things instead of a buyback stock? Like, do you not have any new ideas? Are, are you have no better opportunities than to buy your own stock back? You're rather take the risk of a stock, the stock market than to find something to put that money in towards. And so there's a business criticism of it too, which is sometimes justified, sometimes it's not. But why people are demonizing it as something that is evil and big corporations and like they're spending money on themselves is absurd to me because listen to this. A lot of us own, let's just say Apple stock. A lot of us own Apple stock. If not directly in our 401ks and our mutual funds, we're whatever a lot of us do in our pensions, maybe I think pensions are using more bonds, aren't they? I don't know. I don't manage portfolios. So if I'm wrong on some of that, but a lot of us own Apple stock. A lot of us own Amazon. A lot of us own stocks of these big companies and they are in the form of our 401ks, mutual funds and all those things. And so what happens when a company buys their stock back? Well, the stock price goes up because there's less stock on the market. And what does that do for everyone who owns stock in that company? Well, their their stock goes up too. It doesn't the stock price doesn't just go up for the company. It goes up for everybody. And so everyone profits from a stock buyback. Usually the stock goes up when it's announced. And so I don't understand why there's this demonization for it because when even a company buys back their own stock, it benefits everybody else that owns stock in that company as well. And that's a good thing. We want stock prices to continue to go up. It's a sign of a healthy economy. It's the sign of, um, you know, wealth being created. So I don't know. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have some thoughts on why stock buybacks are evil and we should punish big companies for it. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay safe, stay healthy, and God bless.